0: to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me this week, Matt is away. It's Steppin'
1: Stefan. I, I must admit, I prefer Super Sub step in step will work how's it doing no 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 no. no. if you're gonna be
0: like that hang on hello everybody and welcome to the spurs news podcast i am sam joining me this week it's the slightly needy super sub stephan
1: hey buddy how you doing
0: yeah i'm right i feel tired now i had to do an introduction twice knackered
1: (laughs) oh um
0: so today uh we launched a petition uh from spurs news uh, i think everyone would get involved uh so basically some decisions didn't go our way the other day and uh, my understanding of modern football is our club should issue a statement soon uh we as the fans then create a petition now that the game replayed is that how it works now i think that's it, isn't it? I, I think that was along those lines yeah pretty much yeah so basically wow 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 things didn't go our way <laughs> Yeah, is that it? I think that's the general gist. I mean, I was watching several managers give interviews that rhyme with plop um, and another guy that rhymes with shithead. Sorry, Arteta. Um, And, yeah, I I just get the impression that nowadays, modern football, you throw your toys out of the pram the minute things don't go your way.
1: Yeah, like I'm genuinely surprised that... uh... Big Ang wasn't all over the back of newspapers calling officials disgraces and embarrassments because we that's didn't what want to you get do know. football. That's, that's what, what I do, thought yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, long that's... gone are the days of accepting a result and cracking on with it, mate. You know, um, yeah, cracking on, we, we on with it, to, mate.
0: Have, have uh, to... Nice. Hang on, hang on, and crack cracking on with it, mate.
1: There you go. Um, so, you yeah. Go.
0: So uh, I've got here um, quite a detailed list of things we need to talk about. And it's kind of funny because um, I knew Matt was away this week because he, he said to me he was he's away with his wife. They're, they're off having a jolly good time, I'm sure. And I said, OK, I'll, I'll get Stefan on the show. So I wrote a kind of basic, these are all the points we're going to cover. Now, I did that before the Chelsea game. And it was kind of like <laughs> talk about talk about the Chelsea game. And then I was like, okay, we'll do a loan update. We'll do all these different things. And I did this nice little thing. And I thought, God, that's going to be quite a packed show. Oh, that's, that's going to be quite good. And then the Chelsea game happened. And I basically just grabbed that, screwed it up into a little ball and threw it. And just wrote bullet points of everything we need to make sure we talk about from that game. Because there's a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a few events that happened for sure. One or two things may have occurred. Now, one of the things that I do on this show a lot is I invite listeners, fellow Spurs fans to send in questions and topics they want to hear discussed. I then talk for 30 minutes, and then when I get to that, I go, oh yeah, I've already said that. Oh yeah, I've already answered that. And I always feel crappy about it. (laughs) So, (laughs) today we are going to buck that trend and we're going to do it first. So I've got my bullet points written down of the stuff I want to cover and if anyone asks questions on any of these bullet points then they will get there first <laughs> rather than me going, I've answered that. I ain't going to talk about that because okay. that happens too much and I feel bad. So we're going to go to the fan questions first.
1: Now it's time for your comments from our social media.
0: Okay, uh Instagram or Facebook?
1: Instagram
0: The lovely world of Instagram run by the beautiful Laura. Um and she has forwarded me a couple of things that have been put on there. So let's open up with uh the Johnny Stark. Johnny, I've not heard from you for ages, man. I hope you're okay. Uh love the family and all that. Uh he says on a scale of one to ten, how fucked are we without Vanderven? Is there any hope bringing in academy players to fill the void with his pace? Um, on a scale of one to ten, my friend, we're fucked. i <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, you... Okay, you, you just sit in the corner, rock backwards and forwards. I'll answer the question. Um,
1: my thought is we don't know much about this young Ashley Phillips. He may come in and be absolutely sensational... But he's not going to be van der Ven. Well,
0: no. Um, <laughs>
1: and I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs>
0: now look, the, the thing that, one of the things that we've all kind of enjoyed at the start of this season is a settled team that has been playing really good football. And at the back, we've seen a central defensive partnership form that we're all quite proud of. Going into the Chelsea game, we all felt very good about those two. They really complemented each other. Romero was playing very well, you know, playing on his aggressive edge. And Van der Ven with his pace was able just to mop up with that high line. Uh, Vicario is the sweeper as well. You know, they they just really complemented each other. And we were all really pleased with that. Van der Ven's obviously picked up an injury. Um, It looks serious. Um, There are real contradicting reports, which I think goes to show that nobody knows so initially um the sort of rumors were physios were very worried uh, he's going to be going for a scan straight away um and they're expecting months then (laughs) he was pictured at the training ground walking around unaided no strapping or anything and people went maybe it's not as bad as everyone first thought yeah in Mike's, look, this is limited experience of injuries. Okay. Him being at training and moving around without, you know, crutches or anything like that for a hamstring injury is not surprising. You know, the day after or whatever, walking around relatively okay is not, you know, it's, yeah, not it's just going to be a bit sore. Yeah. Well, you know, depending on what it is, I mean, obviously, if it's ripped completely, he's not going to be doing that. But so yeah. hopefully it's not as bad as we all it would be but at the same time when you are a player who relies on his pace like he does a hamstring injury like this it's pretty massive i mean we've all seen players never be the same again just look at ryan sessignon
1: injury.
0: yeah ryan sessignon uh had a couple of amazing breakthrough years as a young player and since then his hamstring injury is just his career is stagnant for five years because of yeah, And we as a club are just like, who? Oh, yeah, I forgot he was even at the club, which is awful. They're scraping Ryan on our paycheck. We need to fight yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. imagine how Daniel Levy feels about that. So, uh, Mr. Stark, I do believe that um, Ashley Phillips was withdrawn from the under-21 squad in the week. I believe we will see him start alongside Eric Dyer. I think he was pulled from the under-21 squad to train together to work together for this week. He is, he is quite a rapid young man. You know, he's not Van de Ven, but uh, very few people in the world are. Um, but uh, we're going to play the same way. <laughs> it's not, it's not changing. If, if we nine men on the field, Hojbjerg and Dyer as makeshift centre-halves, we were still playing a high line. You can bet your ass we're going to be playing it with Phillips. So, yeah. um, we're certainly not going to change. is the way we play, mate. um, yeah, but on a scale of one to ten, how fucked are we? I, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. The next, the next one is from Island Brother. Now, Island Brother, typically you have your own theme on this show. Unfortunately, I've not loaded it into the desk today. Sorry. So, just just sit back, close your eyes, and imagine you're hearing it right now, and it's, it's your theme. Uh, but Island Brother says, "I know we are supposed to hate Arsenal more than Chelsea, but I don't." The the bribing their way into the league... Moving in next door... Judas, Lasagna Gate... More success... I get all of it... But personally in the last 15 years... Chelsea have injured me more... The sport washing... The racist incidents... Torres remembering how to kick a football... To get them to a final... Which winning meant we had no Champions League football for us... Hazard getting off his cheese and gravy... Thrown to equalise in the Battle of the Bridge... And now Pochettino with his blue army... That being said... The damage is already done. We move forward. The question is a bit late, but do you have any insider info on the court case spurs lost and how the regeneration scheme proposed may affect Tottenham? Keep up the great work. Okay. Um, the court case spurs lost. I think you're relating to the planning. Um, so, yeah, so, so there's a redevelopment scheme... Um, N17, which Tottenham have been trying to vary and change and stuff. T- to be honest with you, uh, this is actually kind of my area. This, this is kind of what I do um, in, in my professional life. I I wouldn't read too much into that massively. Um, typically with stuff like this, you try to get more than you ever actually really want because you want them to knock you down, if that makes sense. So like okay, here's an area, I'm going to build 10 houses, I'm going to apply for 20, they're going to go, oh, you can never put 20 in there, oh, we'll only give you half of that, and you go, oh, okay. Um, so I think what Tottenham have tried to do via their planning and people is sort of go to the nth degree and really push it to try and get as much as they possibly can, um, and then it just get bartered and negotiated, and eventually it'll it, it, come through. Um, The real estate side of Tottenham, um, the main reason why it's of note to us as football fans is that part of the commitment the club has or they've, they've given is that everything that the club has and makes is going back into the football side. Now, basically, all the events and stuff the stadium hosts pay down the stadium debt. And that's the idea. And once the stadium debt is cleared and Tottenham Hotspur owns that stadium and all that land outright, all of that money from all the events and everything becomes club-generated income. And that's why we are a financial behemoth, really. We are. I mean, it's ridiculous. The the job that Daniel Levy and co. have done in that regard is insane. Um, We, you know we don't that's a different is this is a different thing we don't but we could spend near 200 million per window and never even get close to ffp issues we could spend more than that i think someone far smarter than me did a calculation that this summer we could spend 650 million then 400 million in January and then 300 million every window going forward and not even get close to having a problem with ffp because of our income streams now so we've kind of done that we are all set but it is the stadium debt that needs to get dropped down first and these real estate deals are a massive part of that because they would get built developed and then the money from that are purely for the stadium the infrastructure debt so it is worth keeping an eye on as a football fan i know a lot of people have this oh it's just enic making money out of it it's the thing that I'll always say to that is, yeah, there's plenty to criticise Enoch for, plenty to criticise Levy for, but just look at the accounts. They don't take any money out of the club. It's nah. a misconception. It, it, it's, they've never taken They just leave the club to be self-sustaining. And that's it. Yep. So, so yeah, Um, I, I'll keep an eye on it. If anyone's interested, I've not talked about it on the podcast, but if anyone is interested in that, drop me a message and I'll talk you through it. There is plenty there to, to talk about um, okay, so heading over to Facebook, um, we have several um, several messages here. First up, uh, we had an email come in, so let me find that one first. Okay. Are, are you eating your breakfast while we record?
1: No, I'm putting a cough sweet in so I don't cough throughout the podcast. Well, well
0: mute it. for. F- come on, man. <laughs> Be professional. Uh, Sean in Canada says, I don't think anyone could have imagined the Chelsea match going the way it did. Now we face wars without Romero, Van Der Ven, Richardson, Udogi, and quite possibly Madison. How do you think we'll do? <laughs> That's from, from Sean in oh. Canada,
1: eh? Hey, Sean. Um, I sa- I Whilst I you answer was... that,
0: I'm just going to crack around, maybe open up some crisps.
1: Oh, I mean, um, I could have just on, muted on, the audio, on, though, but on. you crack sorry. on sorry. Yeah, go on, go on, mate, go on, mate, answer the question, go on, mate. Oh, I, I was just going to mute my audio for you, but I'll leave it in now. Okay, um... I saw a list the other day, I think we were talking about it, like the list of people that are potentially missing for the next game. Yeah, yeah. And you nice. talk about suspensions and injuries, it's like, oh, wow, okay. You're looking yeah. at like six or seven people that would be, if not starting the match, one of the first names off the bench sort of thing. And it was like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't expect us to change the way we play, like you said. <laughs> nope. Wolves are very up and down in their performances at the moment. Okay. Um. So, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I I think we've got enough about us to see a victory. Wow. Well, I love your confidence. I, I do. I, I just think the way we played, like, the, even the way we played with nine men, like, the, yeah. the fact that Ange has got the team playing that way with that much, like, passion and drive and everything else, I think, you know what? I, I can still see us getting a victory. Okay. Just...
0: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm less optimistic. I am a little bit nervous about. It. I, I've watched Wolves a few times this season. I've been very impressed with them, and also I, I, their coach was on uh, Friday Night Football with Sky, and he was basically analysing us, and he did a really great job. And I'm kind of and I watched that at the time, and I thought, Eesh. <laughs> you know, he's oh yeah, he's, he's just, done his homework. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just like done a real excellent breakdown of the way we play the way our players move. So, I don't know, it just kind of felt like, ah, oh, when do we play them? Because that's <laughs> that's awkward. And I looked, I was like, it a couple of weeks. Ah, oh, shit. So, <laughs> so, like, going into it with the fully fit side, I'd be thinking, yeah, well, you know how we're going to play, but we're going to play so well, you're not going to be able to handle it. We're now sort of limping into the fixture, like with people bandaging themselves together. And, uh, yeah, oops. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Stefan's very confident. I'm not so confident, Sean. Um, uh, So, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, Okay, next up uh, from the Facebook page in the comments we have from Ben Teary. Ben says, Eric Dyer appreciation post. For all the negativity around him and the heart-wrenching comment in the entering the stadium video. He stood up when we needed, and I wish he had had been given that goal. Also, Vicario, what a player. Think he could be the difference in the same way Alisson was for Liverpool. We are in a great position this year, but frightening to think what a few more transfer windows in time can do. Great to have the podcast back. Hope you're both well. That's nice. Thanks, Ben. Ah, thank you. Uh, to be honest with you, there's no answers that, and I completely agree with you. The Eric Dyer appreciation post, I I think, is valid. I think he came on and stood up, and I I think social media can give us all a very disjointed view of Tottenham fans and fandom in general. I think football fans on social media do not cover themselves in glory ever, but the stadium fans and the way he was appreciated. Uh, I, I think speaks volumes of Vicario. Yeah. I mean, build the statue now.
1: <laughs> that guy, I mean, he was basically playing as a centre back for the last 10 minutes. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> I, I did see yesterday. Someone said, Oh, Laurie is it training, put him in goal and let Vicario start alongside, um, alongside Dyer."
1: <laughs> oh mate, do you know what? It really worked.
0: <laughs> uh, Tom Perk says, I'm not a religious person at all. By the way, when I read stuff like that and I'm reading it out on a podcast, I genu- my butthole puckers up a bit, I worry, because I'm like <laughs> I've not read these in advance and I kind of have this. Oh, this is when I this is when my podcasting career ends. <laughs> 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 this is how it ends. Okay, thanks, Tom. Tom says, I'm not a religious person at all, but is Big Anne's the second coming of the Messiah? Also, how good a keeper do we have in Vicario? Wow, just wow um is big and is the messiah no he's a very naughty boy <laughs> uh that's a niche joke I wonder how many people yeah. get that let me know <laughs> someone someone message me i'm not going to say where it's from but if you got that if you're too young for it and you don't know what i'm talking about then also message me because i will direct you to something that will change your life <laughs>
1: uh the
0: next question is uh from clint pierman pierman sorry clint i'm probably butchering that it's yeah, my bad um, I actually think Hoybier would make a great makeshift central defender. He reads the game well and organises everyone around him. Um, yeah. His yeah,
1: yeah, man-marking so he's right, leaves yeah. a bit to be desired, though. We've noticed yeah, his, From his set-pieces cons- and stuff, he does just kind of let people walk away from him. Yeah, um, that's, that's been
0: one of my biggest pet peeves of his. But I've got to be honest with you. He came on like dire and played like a man possessed.
1: Do you know what? I, I know I messaged you, Sam. So I have been a big person in the the camp of Hoyberg <laughs> can leave. <laughs> like, I have been a big fan of the Atletico Madrid move that was meant to happen in the summer. And yeah. the fact that Juventus might want him in the winter. And I'm like, yep, yeah. off you go. See you later, mate. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Off you yeah. go. I, after watching that performance on Monday night. Yeah. I take it back. I take it all back. Interesting. Like, he is. Like you, you, one would of the you first say that people. you have
0: flip flopped once more? I your... have
1: flip flopped. <laughs> yeah. Like Heubjerg is one of the first people, on, like any football game, be it management or whatever. He's the first one I put on the transfer list. I'm like, yep, yeah, get her off, you go, see her. Now I'm going to start building statues for the bloke. Like he came on and was absolutely phenomenal on Monday. <laughs> And yo, the passion yo, yo. he put into the goal line clearance he made, and the passion yeah. he had, he had done that. And I'm watching him go, oh. Do you, do you know, do you know um,
0: okay. I, I just mentioned social media and football fans don't cover themselves in glory. You, you know, you're right there, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he is crap, he is awful, he's brilliant, build a statue. <laughs> he plays the next game and makes a mistake, you're going to murder him again. <laughs> yeah most it.
1: likely yeah 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 that. most likely. flip-flop yeah um, you wait for the day Charlson scores a hat-trick mate you uh, wait. no no
0: i'm not <laughs> no you're not even allowed to celebrate no your hatred for him no i'm not having that um irvin mm. pavanello says is romero reliable would you sell if a good offer comes in right irvin i'm gonna circle that comment we're not gonna discuss it now Because me and Stefan have very different views on Romero. And when we get into the Chelsea game, I fully plan to fight over it. So, Irvin, keep listening. That is coming up. (laughs) Um, Mike Hodgson says, What do we do now with Dyer and Royale as likely centre-backs until we wait on recoveries? Uh, Royale is going to be likely left-back. Ben Davis and Udogi aren't available for Wolves unless Ben Davis makes a sharp recovery no one's expecting. So, with Udogi suspended, Davis injured, Royale is likely to play on the left, Porro on the right, and we're going to see young Phillips, I'd imagine, alongside Dyer.
1: However, Um, I've got to say, Royale surprised me with how well he did, playing as a makeshift centre-back. Like, when I saw him stood there in the middle of the pitch, I'm kind of there going, oh my God. Oh, this yeah. is this is it. This is the end. Here we go. And then he made like a couple of well good tackles and blocks and I was like, Oh yeah, Roy the yeah. right back that can defend. I remember now. <laughs> hey,
0: poor can defend. You, you. Um Matthew Fleming says, Not a question, but I wanted to share a thought. In your podcast interview with Mickey Hazard some time ago, he mentioned that in the European final there was a penalty miss, but after that the Spurs fans were singing the player's name. After the third goal on Monday, the crowd at the lane sang even louder. For me, that was hugely significant in this day and age for the supporters to be supporting the team like that to that level. It made me so proud to be part of this family. Uh, Matthew, I'm so glad you brought that up because Mm -hmm. that genuinely um, came straight to me, what Mickey said. Uh, For anyone who missed that interview, you can go back and find it in our archive, but it was really interesting. It's a very Um, good interview. Very good. He was... um, Yeah, uh, so basically it was the UEFA Cup. Um, Tottenham did go on to win it, but it was a penalty shootout. And when the player missed, the Spurs fans sang his name as he came back. And what Mickey talks about with that, he said, is every player who was waiting to take a penalty, he said we were, like, taller. Because we knew that even if we went up and missed, this crowd, these fans, they had us. They were supporting us. And he said, and it made everyone, like, go up. He said, and we we won that shootout. Keeper made an amazing save, and we we took our next chances, and, and we won. And he put it down to that moment. He really put it down to everyone felt together. And there was this amazing, incredible feeling where I think what the fans said to this squad in a unanimous voice, and it was incredible, was if you put this much effort in, we will never desert you, regardless of the score. Yeah, like, we can much. lose games, but you have worked your asses off. Every player on that pitch. And the fact they went 3-1 up, and whilst they were celebrating, the stadium just became a noise of Tottenham. Like, to the point, there's um, a guy I know who is a Chelsea fan who was there, and he actually said to me, he said, we were drowned out. He said and it was kind of awesome. He said, like, we were celebrating and then we couldn't even hear ourselves over the Tottenham fans singing and applauding yeah. their players. And I was like, yeah, that it was a real moment. It was a real, um, you know... Like
1: uh, it, it came across on the TV. Like, all you could hear was, come on, you Spurs. Yeah. And it was like, we've just conceded a third goal. That's it. It's game over. Yeah. And all you can hear is the pretty like, the tottenham fans were stood up applauding singing and i was like i have never witnessed that before no no there were several journalists amazing basically
0: said that like the goal went in and then they saw tottenham fans all around them stand up and their initial reaction was they're leaving Mm. and they just started applauding they were just applauding the players and everything they'd done because even down to nine men they didn't stop and to be honest with you with nine men we could have equalized
1: we had if, the chances.
0: I mean he, if, he if you look like at the right fact there.
1: that um, Eric Dyer was technically onside because yeah. the ball came off of tiago Silva's head. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Um, we equalised Son a little bit more power or a little bit more into yeah. the corner. Son has equalised literally seconds before with Bentonker, nine men. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it was just Oh yeah, of course Benton was header. Yeah. You know, there, mean, there there was there, there, there three there was moments. Yeah.
0: There, there were the real chances there that we could have equalised, and do you know what? If we equalised, I wouldn't. I don't think we'd have stopped. I think no. we wouldn't have suddenly got. I think we'd have kept going, which is mad, but so brilliant. And every fan in there, like it didn't matter. Like it was the ninety fourth minute and ninety seventh minute, they added three and four, and it was like it doesn't matter. When you yeah. consider how many delays, how late into the night that was, and we were, and we lost the game four one. That stadium didn't empty. No, nope. they stayed. Because they needed to show that team and all the players on that pitch, you do this and we got you. And and it was it was big. That that was Kulazewski um gave an interview afterwards and he and he basically said, almost echoed what Mickey Hazard had said to me in that interview about that night, and he just said it was incredible. He said like some things go beyond football support you know it was just amazing and you said it made me and made everyone want to run more fight more and and just that connection now that squad if they can just channel that that you know i, I think we're on something really special at the moment and when you think about how toxic that stadium was last season
1: uh, literally four months ago yeah five, four or five just, months ago it was horrific to be in the stadium and now you're losing four yeah. one, and you're doing appreciation laps because the yeah. fans are giving it everything. Yeah. Ten minutes after the full whistle, yeah, it just, the difference, yeah, it is,
0: yeah, it's something special. Um, so James Campbell says, "Was that the craziest match you've ever seen?" Yeah, it's up there. Mm-hmm. It is up there for me. Um, Martyos says, "Do we get a? Do we go with a makeshift centre back in Pierre Emile Hoybier or Royale?" From what I hear from people close to the club, Alfie Dorrington's impressing more than Ashley Phillips at the moment. Um, uh, Marty, like with anything, I, I think depending on who you speak to and what day it is, you'll hear different. Um, Dorrington is a kid who's come through the academy. Phillips is someone we've signed. If you speak to someone who's in the youth coaching setup, up the the second coming. If you speak to someone who's part of the scouting team, they'll tell you that Ashley Phillips is brilliant and he's one for the future
1: um, all <laughs> depends so, on what side of what player you got in, to have, in yeah. essence yeah <laughs>
0: um, uh, you know we signed this guy he's the best we coached this kid he's the best um so yeah I, it's something i've learned quite you know because there's a few people i speak to and i now have to kind of go okay knowing what you do at the club i'm just <laughs> gonna take i'm just gonna calm that down a little bit. <laughs> Um, for me personally, and I watch a lot of the academy stuff and, and I pay close attention to it, um, I, I don't get to watch stuff live anymore. I will say that uh, Spurs play has been a real blessing to me in that regard because I do miss having the ability and the the money and the time to go and do that like I did years ago. Oh, back in the day, <laughs> good old days, less, less responsibilities. <laughs> Um, it's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm gonna watch some random under eighteens game in reading. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no one to report to. It was wonderful, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just kind of um, yeah, you gotta try and tailor it a little bit, but the, the, to be honest with you, the pair of them for the under twenty ones have looked great together, like they like they look like they've come through the entire academy playing together, which is a real compliment to to Phillips for stepping in and a real compliment to to Alfie Darrington for the way he's performing as well. Based on the under-21 squad, it would appear that Phillips has got the nod. Um, I think perhaps because he has got that slight and it is slightly more first-team experience, and he does train with the first team on a regular basis. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Darrington was in and around the squad, though. I would not be shocked by that at all. Um, Just because he is a central defender and and he's good you know and if you if if is looking at this going okay i've got two center backs in phillips and dyer i don't have one on the bench <laughs> you know yeah so what do i do um I, I wouldn't be shocked you know it wouldn't surprise me he did play tuesday but he's a young lad he's playing tuesday and then potentially again on saturday ain't going to be no thing for him if he starts on the bench so don't be overly shocked if you see that um at the same time, I, again, I wouldn't be overly shocked if we didn't name a central defender and just have a plan in mind of Hoybier or someone stepping in if they have to. You know, plan plan for the best, no injuries, no sending-offs, but prepare yeah. for the worst, <laughs> just in case. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mad one, but yeah. Uh, so that is all of the comments and all of the questions from everyone on Facebook and Instagram. Big thank you to everybody for sending them in. Um, we do have the game to talk about which is Tottenham 1, Chelsea 4 yes. man is that a mislead, misleading scoreline but you know those things happen <clears throat> Yeah. so my first talking point for us and we are going to go from one by one yeah. is Destiny Udoggi. Um Destiny Udogi got a yellow card earlier in the game and then got a second yellow and was sent off for me personally the first yellow I think he is very lucky that that wasn't red Yes. And I think that if that was I mean, it has happened against us and players haven't even been booked. I, I think there is a real strange thing where Yeah, but you didn't hit him. You know, he didn't actually break his leg.
1: Yeah, yeah it's but he a big thing. Two was footed, two off, footed the ground. off yeah, two footed off the ground, yeah. studs up. Yeah. Uh, you look at that and nine times out of ten you'd go, That's a red card. That was it- if that
0: player he did that to dropped... Like, it was Raheem Sterling. If Raheem Sterling drops, he's sent off. Like he just, But Raheem managed to hurdle it, and therefore he just got booked. Like, oh, it was over-aggressive. Now, what's interesting to me is that VAR did look at that. And this is where VAR, for me, is so flawed, it is so wrong. Because VAR, this... Clear and obvious error, bullshit. If you are a referee and you're fully qualified referee, and you yep. are running around on a pitch and you see that challenge in real time, it was fast. Yep. and you've looked at it and gone, "Oh, that's a booking," because you know he was charging the ball down. No one's got it. You know, it's just a booking. Oh, calm down, kid. But yep. you're getting booked for that. Then that referee on the decision has made that decision. When they look at that on the replay, they've gone, he's off the ground, he's two-footed. If he does make contact, he's going to break someone's leg, so therefore that's dangerous. Now, I know I'm arguing this as a Tottenham fan, but he should have been sent off. VAR should have said, no, no, we've looked at that, that's red. This whole clear and obvious bullshit basically is, oh, I don't want to overrule my mate, he only gave him a yellow, because next week he'll be on VAR and I'll be doing it and I don't want to be made to look like a dick.
1: Yeah, I I think that is one of the major problems. VAR should be a completely separate entity. You shouldn't have a referee on a Saturday who's then doing VAR on a Sunday and then a linesman on a Tuesday and back to VAR on a Thursday to be a referee on a Saturday. It's two linked together. No, it should be a completely separate body of people who... Shouldn't give a damn if they've just made the referee on the pitch look an absolute fool because they've did called
0: do we um, do we, we both agree on who though that he should have seen red there and therefore no complaints over he him should match. have seen the second yellow
1: he should have seen red for the first tackle. The yeah. complaint I have is actually the other ten people on the pitch that no one went up to him, grabbed him by the collar, and went, listen, kid, do that yeah. again you're off and we're in trouble. Calm yourself down, <clears throat> get into the game. And I think we kind of a bit failed him there because he's, he's a young kid still. Yeah. Like, he plays so well, you forget how young he is. He's brand yeah. new to the league and this is his first game against Chelsea, which as the the people on Instagram said, I think the Chelsea games, the players get more fired up for than the Arsenal games. Yeah, and I think the fact that no one just kind of went up to him and said, "Listen, calm it down. We need you on the pitch." Well, no one that we, we can't no one it. that we saw. We didn't or, see it know, happen. No someone
0: might have tried. Um, I but did see someone pumped. say, you know, as a defender, his vice captain's Romero. So, what chance did he have? Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, but but my point on this is, he saw red in that game. Yeah. I got no, I got no qualms with that. It was. He should have seen red for the challenge it was two yellows for me so yeah yeah he got sent off um like you said my my only thing is someone and I, I see for me i think Ange possibly would have hooked him if not for romero being sent off i, yeah. I, I think he was then in this position of oh crap you know i, I need to adjust this half time go on kid chill and then but unfortunately you know that's not how football works and you, you, you get watch- back out
1: there you watch his reaction as he's walking off the pitch afterwards. And he's hitting himself on the side of the head. Like You you know like when you think, oh, yeah. you're such an idiot when you hit yourself. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know that was stupid. And you could see yeah. he was doing it himself. Like, he knew it was a silly tackle. It happens. And, and that's and why, I mean... I, he I was got... laying on the floor afterwards. And you could tell he was laying there because he, yeah, he knew. He knew as soon as he coming. sat up, that was a red card. And he's like, oh, yeah. what have I done? What have I done? Look, it, yeah.
0: it happens. I, I I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna destroy the kid over it. Um, I hopefully he learns. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's just one of those things that unfortunately it happened in a game when things were already you know going with us. a bit ropey. Yeah. So, um, the one where I feel like we're we're about to really throw down. Um, so, <laughs> so, Cutie Romero. Um, you have never liked him. You have always had an issue with him around his discipline. Um, I've... i have always been of the opinion that he is a player who plays on that aggressive line and if you try and take that away from him you're gonna lose a lot of the good although i know he crosses the line uh, i feel like if you eliminate that you eliminate a lot of what he is as a player yeah um so just focusing on him so before he did see red he kicked out at a player yes but when he did that i immediately thought that's a red and the reason why i thought that is because in my life watching football since david beckham did it and got sent off i've always viewed that as that you're just not allowed to do it yeah it's a red card what was interesting to me was that i then hear via vr said oh it was petulant not aggressive huh
1: Sorry, is that a thing? When did that become a thing? Like that to me is the same as Udoggi's first tackle. Oh, uh, he didn't hit him, so don't worry about it. If d- d- if is Romero that, had it, it's, it's swung and No, no, I completely agree. If Romero had swung his leg round and yeah. hit him in the ankle or something, then oh that's aggressive, send him off. But because he didn't really manage to kick him, it was more of a swing of a leg. Therefore, yeah. oh it's fine. Yeah, now I, for I, me, I find, like, I find no. that
0: really odd. Like, I, I yeah. find that bizarre. And like, again, I'm a Tottenham fan. I'm like, we got away with that. Like, we massively just got away with that. I
1: think we were because... missing each other. Like, how many more lives have we got? Like, that was like the third. Yeah. thing. We were like,
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Not for
1: long. No. <laughs> um. So,
0: the so so that we we, we agreed on that. Uh, to be yeah. honest, you like you doggy. We both agreed
1: that for that first incident, he, he probably should have seen red. I mean that. And... I genuinely believe he saw red because of that incident. I I genuinely believe if he hadn't have done the kick out and VAR yeah. and everything hadn't have looked at it, yeah. then I think it's a penalty and a yellow card for what he actually gets the red card for.
0: Okay, so this is this is interesting because that's changed from the discussion we were having via message the other day. Yeah, I. You, you were you at, were adamant at the time. I was that like, was, that's ridiculous. You were well, adamant. He's a dickhead, and he. Yeah, like, at the so, time, so very much. So I'm, I'm going to put my point of view across on this, yep. then then you you come in as well. So the penalty incident, I genuinely want to know what he could have done differently. He's clearing the ball. His eyes are focused on the ball. The replay shows it over and over again. He is clearing the ball and his follow-through from clearing... The, and he has swung his foot. There's no doubt because he is trying to clear the ball. Yeah. His follow-through has hit the player. Now, I completely understand that his follow-through, his leg is up. But if that player isn't there, Romero's still doing that exact same thing. Did you see what I mean by that? He is swinging yeah. his foot that hard to clear the ball. So there's no offense there. If the argument is, yeah, but the player was there as a defender what, what's he supposed to do let him just take the ball and score because he's not allowed to clear the ball just in case he touches him I mean that, that's that's a nonsense to me it's like it's like saying that he swings his boot so hard his boot comes off his foot and hits a guy and therefore that's a penalty because you know he hit the guy in the face it's not his fault Yeah, the follow through for me is bullshit and Gary Neville on commentary I have never heard such utter nonsense spouted by a former professional in my life. I couldn't believe listening to what he was saying.
1: And he kept and, going on about
0: it. As and well. he pushed this narrative, Oh that's terrible. Oh that's bad. He's done that on purpose. Only for Jamie Carragher to then put together a montage of ten times Neville basically did the exact same thing, didn't even get booking,
1: didn't even <laughs> get looked
0: at. Yeah. And then he shut up about it. Yeah. And, and, he's, and he's right and this is like he kept saying he kept going on and on oh no no anyone who's played the game knows he's done in there does he fuck if he wanted to do him I've watched QT Romero nail people yeah. if he wanted to do that he is more than capable of doing yeah. it
1: just ask Richarlison himself yeah, yeah just ask
0: Richarlison just ask his teammate just ask anyone who trains with him he absolutely knows if he wanted to do it he'd have done it He didn't. His eyes were focused on the ball. He didn't even know that guy was there. Like, you watch that replay, he is on the ball the whole time. So, I actually think the penalty decision's bullshit. You said to me at the time, oh, yeah, but if that was, you know, the other way around, you'd be wanting a penalty. And my argument is, yeah, of course I would. I'm a Tottenham fan. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'd appeal for it like, fuck. But uh, I don't think it is a penalty. Even if we got it, I'd say, ooh, that was light. (laughs) But, yay, we got a penalty. So I don't agree with the penalty decision, and the sending off I think was bullshit. I think he should have already gone for what he did to kick out. But so, so that's my view on it. Um, I, I like I am quite pro QT in that regard. Yes. So, um, um I, I yeah. the platform is yours, sir.
1: So again, like you say, it's quite well known. I am not a massive. Before this season, I was not a fan of Romero at all. Um, the first game I saw him play live. Uh, I was at the stadium and one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was he was in our box and one of their attackers swung the ball, missed Romero completely and he went down like he'd been shot and rolled around and instantly I was like, nah, you're not my sort of player already. From there, he then had his disciplinary issues last season and things where he didn't play because of the Argentina stuff, World Cup and etc., So he was never kind of in my good books. Um, This season, however, him and Mickey as the two centre-backs, I'm comparing them to Jan and Toby. and I think as a centre-back pairing, they're fantastic. He's been given the vice-captaincy, and it seemed to kind of really change his mentality and his attitude. And I was really coming around to like, okay, we are seeing a different type of player. I, I'm quite enjoying watching Romero play as a centre-back. Um, the aggression side of it is one thing, but he wasn't going beyond that this season. Yeah. Then he swung the leg and I was like, oh no, there it is. <clears throat> there, that's, the, that's the, my team are playing well, let's get them in fucking danger for no reason. Attitude again. There it is.
0: And... What, do you think that's what go? You think that's what goes through his head? You think everything's oh, really good? Uh, I'm just gonna fuck is, up on purpose.
1: The, the problem is, I don't think anything goes through his head, and I think that is the problem. I, I think he red mists. He red mists, and yeah. then completely the idea of I'm a vice captain who's meant to be setting an example for my team, that yeah. goes out of his head completely. He went to ground, and the first thing he did was red mist, swing a leg at someone. Now, anybody who knows football knows. Like, the two things you can't do. You can't swing a leg at someone and you can't put your hand in someone's face.
0: Yeah.
1: We, we all know as football fans and as footballers, you know, you do either of those two, you're being sent off. Except and for in this game. In appear. this game, apparently, it didn't, neither happened, which was very strange. No. Um, I think there's a picture of Saar with his hand round Colt throat. Didn't get a card. Mm. Reese James elbowed a doggy in the face. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very strange game of football. Um yeah. but I do when I saw the penalty first time round when I saw the penalty, I was like, for fuck's sake, he's done it again. What is he fucking doing? Like, my yeah. god. And then, yeah, I've watched the replays after, and I calmed down and I watched it, and yeah, he is clearing the ball. I, I think yeah. I I personally think he left a little bit in there, um, but Mainly, he's clearing the ball. I where could think... his?
0: Where could his? When you say you left a little bit in there, like genuine question. Now, i I've not. I never played the game of football really to any sort of level. I played at school with friends. Yeah. So maybe I'm being really naive there. Where can his foot go after uh, clearing? It's that not so
1: much where his foot goes. It's, it's the difference of, if if you kick something, your foot bounces back straight away. His foot doesn't what? bounce back straight away. And I kind of felt like... Sorry, hang on. Left his foot boot bounces in. back. But, so if he's he's gone through the ball and yeah. he's then hit the, the and player's his, And shin. his leg... and he's his So he's foot goes through. through. Yeah, so your foot carries yeah. on going. When it hit the guy's shin... Yeah. It just, for me, his foot kind of stays there for too long. Oh, for fuck's sake. There's no pulling it... Back. No, <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Like, he leaves his boot... I think they say leaving the boot in a way, they say. Like... There's no effort there whatsoever to get that boot out of the way, which again I think is just that that over-aggressive streak in Romero. But right. taking that away from it, I still believe that is a yellow card if he hadn't have already kicked out in the game. I think he's given he's given VAR at the like a target on his back by what he had done earlier. And I I do genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe if he hadn't have swung the boot out earlier then he gets a yellow card, the penalty, yellow card, and a serious telling off from the referee. Because he's kind of put that bit of a target on his back, he's gone to VAR and they've gone, that's the second time he's done it now. Yeah, right, red card.
0: And it it just annoys me. I'm still baffled. So in the 100th of a second, his foot touches the other guy. You think he should have done more to, to move his foot away? Yes, I'm still I'm still lost on that. Okay, I'm, I'm baffled. So if I if I'm like kick, so if I kick a football, yeah, my leg naturally like so I kick the ball, my leg naturally goes that you know it goes through because you're trying to get yeah. through the ball to clear it. Yep. Yeah. So if someone runs at me whilst I'm making that motion, yes. and I've not seen them because I'm focused on the ball. It's my responsibility to guard them from my foot. No, even though they've run at me.
1: No, but if you can't see someone wearing a bright blue, blue kit stood directly in front of you, I feel like right, your so, eyesight so, 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 is more of an issue. Like, there's no way you can say he didn't see the player. There's no way when you are that close to someone. There's no way in saying you can't see the player. He definitely knows. He, would you not? He do you not think he's focused he's on there. the ball? Focus on the Okay so I am focusing on my computer screen at the moment. I can yeah. still see the window next to me. I can still see the picture on the wall to my right. I can still see the lamp behind it. I can still see yeah. the sofa to the side of me. Like yeah. focused on my computer screen, right. I can still right. see everything around me. There's yeah, no brilliant. way. How many Yeah, no it. how how many of those things are running at you whilst you are kicking the screen? Exactly. So it's a moving object. Even better. Like you're going to see it. Mate, like I, there's I no way. There is no way he does not see, there is a person. Not about it is not seeing them. My my point is... That's what you just said, you didn't see him.
0: No, I said he's he's focused on the ball. That's not the same as not seeing that there are people... You
1: said earlier, he didn't didn't see the player because he's watching the ball. All right, fine. Let me redirect this then.
0: (laughs) He can see he's focused on the ball and therefore his focus is on kicking the ball. Is it his fault that that player then moves into a position where his foot hits him?
1: No, I am not, not saying that. I'm saying that he makes absolutely zero effort to not what the fuck make can you do? If he's kicking through the ball this podcast is just going to turn into a, a, a debate otherwise. We are not going to agree on this, I feel. Is the the thing here. I, I I personally believe he puts too much into it and as I All said right. It should have only. Been I pers- a card. I personally
0: However, believe a player that you like does that same thing. You have a different opinion.
1: Uh, no, I, I still believe it's a penalty and a yellow card. And if he hadn't have kicked out at the player earlier, putting a target on his back, he doesn't get sent off.
0: Yeah. No. Nah. Okay. Um. So as everyone can hear, the the Romero debate is going to go on. The question that was asked earlier on is, should we sell him? I think that's absolute bollocks. He's no, one don't of the sell him. No. Best defenders in world football um he's literally called out by Messi and others as one of the best defenders in the world the idea that he's been sent off four times in his career with us means we should sell him fucking hell talk to Roy Keane and Man United fans <laughs> with Man United fans <laughs> yep. have wanted to keep Roy Keane yeah um so I, I the fact that people are even talking about that I think just shows how fucking far the game's gone I think it's ridiculous um that whole debate over whether he meant to stick something on him as well. I mean, I, I find that just fucking maddening. But we'll move on. Um Udogi, like I said, um the second yellow, I mean yeah, that was yeah, poor you know, that's just what happens. Um what my next note is is high line no matter what, mate. <laughs> um I fucking love that. I there's love this there's this picture of basically us holding the halfway line. And I, I I saw so many people being like critical and be like oh why aren't we doing this look I watched Jose Mourinho the other bloke and Conte and then his assistant sit us on our box and defend Mm. and hope for the best and we still fucking lost and we still got battered on a regular basis and played shit football and were (laughs) shit and then I've watched us go down to nine men losing a game and rather than just retreat to our box and hope, hope for a miracle, we kept pressing them and by doing by pushing our line to the halfway line and Vicario then just basically playing as a sweeper.
1: Mate, you might as well have given him a centre back top. It was fantastic. He was Man. out of that box so quick.
0: We we literally squeezed them into their half of the pitch. Yeah. And we actually dominated for a large part of that because we were all over, and Chelsea didn't know what to do. You no. know, th- their manager, who I'm not even going to grace with his name on this show anymore, was going mental because they were lost. They were just so, they were expecting us down to nine men to roll over, and yes. we didn't. And we just pressed them high up the pitch, and it, and really, all they were, all they had was kicking it over the top and running on and hoping. And yeah. you know, for a large
1: time, it didn't work. It made me laugh as well watching it because, like, if you look at the stats, they had like 62% possession and 502 passes, which was like 200 passes more than us. And if you were so, if you were to just be a football person who went, Oh, what was the Tottenham game like? Oh, they lost 4 1. Uh, They had eight shots compared to 17, five on target compared to eight. Oh, Tottenham only had 38% possession. Oh, blimey. Okay. You'd look at that and think to yourself, God, we got absolutely battered. battered." But the thing is, because of our high press, of those 502 passes, I was like, most of them was at the very back of the pitch because they couldn't do anything. Like We had them so boxed in with our high press that they were just knocking the ball around because they physically couldn't do anything in our half of the pitch. And yeah. to watch that compared to last season, where like you said, we were camped pretty much in our own box, letting them have Oh God, you guys have the entire pitch. Yeah. We'll just we'll just have this little area here. Well well a great, uh, great example is
0: Man United in the Champions League last night, went down to ten men and did exactly that and lost. Yeah. They they literally camped in their own box, tried to defend it and, and lost the game. And I um someone on uh, Twitter, um so, uh, journalist Alistair Gold tweeted the picture of us holding this line on the halfway line and yeah. basically put in his tweet, like, you know, this is kind of mad, you know, this is kind of insane, you know, Tottenham aren't sitting back and defending. No. And I can't call Bankrupt Spurs, is someone I follow, and if you don't follow and you're on Twitter, do. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, he tweeted, he'd rather die on the halfway line than live camped in your own box. Obviously, a you know play on that, and and it just summed everything up for me just so perfectly. I was like, yeah. Uh, And you only got to look at the fan reaction. You know, we talked about how the fans reacted to the way the players were playing down to nine men and to a man and to a person in the stadium. There was not anyone who wasn't fully on board. And I think from Ange's point of view, if he had any doubts that this squad had bought in. Any doubts that the fans had bought in, they've gone. And we may have lost that game, but it feels like that that was a real moment for the whole club of, OK, we lost that, but we are still moving in this direction and we are confident it's the right direction. Yeah, I mean... Um, and then that felt good.
1: There was a part of it that was quite... When you saw there's a picture and it's like, Eric Dyer on the halfway line, literally side on, ready to bust his yeah. gut yeah. if he needs to. And then, like, yeah. 10 yards behind him, there's Emerson Royale on his side, side on, yeah. on the yeah. And the players, they know. It's like, right, we hold this line, the midfield yeah. press. If they yeah. play a ball over the top, you run yeah. like a motherfucker yeah. and you get back. Yeah,
0: and, and and Vicario was on the edge of his box ready. He yeah. was like, okay, bring I, it I on, mean, guys.
1: I, I watched him easily make four, like, fantastic mm. tackles and clearances. When someone like Sterling or John uh, Jackson was like, oh, one-on-one with you the know, keeper, here we go. And like, Vicario is um, out of nowhere.
0: You know, uh, I talked a little bit about flip-flop fans. Oh, mate, that and, first
1: game of preseason, you. him coming out of the box scared <laughs> the shit out of me.
0: So, so let me, let me just <laughs> clarify. What was Vicario doing in that game that you hated?
1: Oh, in that 1st preseason game, he came running out of his box, headed a ball, <laughs> ball out of play, and I was like, what are you doing? You're a goalkeeper. What the... And now, yeah. I've realised this is how we play. This is Angeball. yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. he's coming flying out, making inch-perfect slide tackles. On yeah. players. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah, gotta love him.
0: Um, okay, so the one... That- the next thing that I've got written down, which I think is worth us mentioning, is Ange Postacoglu, sorry, Ange Postacoglu post-match. Yeah. Um, I was incredibly proud of our fans that night. I was incredibly proud of the team. Um. Obviously, the players who got sent off deserve a slap Um. because they let everybody down. But, uh, you know, that's, that's it for me. You know, we move mm-hmm. on. But the, all the players stood up. That whole squad, from the bench to everyone, they put in everything. Yeah. Uh, you can't ask for more than that. Um. And... One of the fans in the stadium, like someone said in the comments earlier on, I felt proud to be a Spurs fan in that moment.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And Ange Postacoglu post-match made me proud of him to be our manager. And it's not the first time since he's joined, he says a lot of great stuff in press conferences that I always think, oh, thank you for saying that. You know, it makes me, we've got an articulate... Football man who you know he really cares and is pleased to be here, happy to be at Tottenham, <laughs> doesn't see it as beneath him. This is so I'm not weird. doing them a favor, yeah. yeah. You know, what a weird feeling this is. Um, and and so listening to him post match, not throw his toys out the pram about decisions, the way he spoke about respecting the officials, you know, we got a gum of it, we'll get decisions go for us, we'll get decisions go against us, but it evens out. That's football. And and to listen to him talk about the, the players and buying in and how you know it was a mad game. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was it was phenomenal. And and a lot of people, like I said at the start of this podcast, it seems to be now. If things don't go your way, you hold your breath, stamp your feet, scream and scream and scream, and then your club puts out a statement to support you. It, it's it's nonsense. Uh, I think the FA, the Premier League, should be hammering teams for doing that. I really mean it. And I'm not just saying it because it's Liverpool and Arsenal. I genuinely believe it. If our manager did the set, I'd say the same thing. Fortunately, he's not an idiot. But anyone who does that, the level of pressure you are then amping onto a referee is completely unacceptable. You saw that English referee get hammered with his partner trying to get on a train not that long ago. Yeah. And fans, like, getting in his face, screaming at him. and I mean, that's disgusting. Whether, whether whether a referee, whether you rate him or not or anything like that, it should never go beyond, you know, the the game. Like, oh, that fucking ref was crap today. Boom, that's it. The ref had a bad day. Bang, move on. When a player has a bad day, it happens. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is sport. Just fucking accept it and move on. Because on another day, you'll get the rub of the green but today you didn't. And, and Angie's absolutely right with that. And it kind of brings me to this last thing that I wanted to touch on. And we're kind of running out of time. So we possibly don't have the time to do it justice, but mate, do you think VAR should stay in football? And the reason why I'm asking that is to me, I don't think fans in the stadium enjoy VAR No. as a watching experience on TV. I don't enjoy VAR as the thing that var is supposed to do was to kill the debate it doesn't it it's makes made it, it so much worse yeah um i don't see any managers that are pro var anymore even ones that were i don't hear that anymore they, they they all seem to be done with it i for me it feels like we have experimented with technology in football and we should look at it and go okay goal line tech works because yep. it's a matter of fact is it over the line or not var doesn't Let's just go back to respecting the ref and letting them have the authority to make the decisions. And if they get it wrong, they get it wrong.
1: It's like now as well, linesman. there's actually no reason to have a linesman because they are now told, no. do not flag yeah. until... No. No. Unless it is like 10 yards offside and blatantly yeah. obvious, keep your flag yeah. down, let play go on and we'll go check it. What's, yeah. what's the point of having a linesman then? No, I
0: agree. Well, if, he's no no having having flag, if he's not allowed to flag...
1: If he's not allowed to flag because... We have to check things, well, there's no point having them. Uh, get no. rid of them. That, I
0: you, basically the linesman will become someone sat looking at a TV screen, yeah, and just in the just in the ref's here, That's offside. That's on. You know, just just yep. shouting to him. And, now,
1: I uh, I, I for one am all for technology if it makes things better. Yeah. So when they brought in the whole goal line technology and stuff like that, perfect. That's worked. That's yeah. made it better. Yeah. Um, if it was making things better, then. I'd be all for it. Yeah. Um, the fact, like the on sides, the off sides thing. Ha, um, yeah. Son's goal was disallowed because he was like you know a centimeter yeah, offside. Yeah, an
0: arm, yeah, an armpit, yeah. an
1: armpit offside. Now, for me, I'm like, okay, he has been proven in pictures he was offside, so yeah. the correct decision was made. He was offside. Fine. What I don't agree with is the fact it took them two and a half, three minutes to get to that decision. My 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 thing with that uh, is like, like
0: back back in the day you had this thing and I'm sure you, you do this as well is that the attacker gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So when a linesman looks at that, he would like if you think about pre VAR, right? Yeah if that was a replay and they were looking at it and that was given as a goal, it was onside, they go, Oh, that was close, or it was close, you know, it was close. Yeah. That's it. There would be no mass debate, no drawing lines on the screen. Oh, look, his left testicle is slightly ahead there, and therefore it's you know it's offside. Yeah, could he that score didn't... a
1: goal from the part of his so, body that is over
0: the yeah, line? It's like, so, oh, so, VAR, oh. so VAR has created that. That, that yeah. is a VAR-created debate. Whereas in the past, if the linesman had stuck his flag up for that, you'd have gone, oh, look, oh, come on, give the attacker the benefit of the doubt. And if he doesn't, everyone just fucking gets on with it because they're like, "Oh, it was close, but that's a goal, that's yeah. a goal." You know, that's that's close enough. That's that's a goal. The the ones that is trying to the ones it's trying to correct are the awful ones. Like, well, that guy was a mile offside. How did the linesman not see that? That ball was a mile over the line. How did the linesman not see that? Yeah. So I get that you have to have it somewhere. Or and now it's there. It's one of those things. Now it's there. I don't think it'll ever be gone. But for me, I don't see anybody, referees included, I don't see anybody enjoying VAR. I reckon they must get
1: their road to come out and find out that Sunday they're in the VAR room and they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, right. Darling, we're having lasagna on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's there's another niche joke for everybody. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the one thing that I'm going to finish this show on is kind of a mental month of November. Due to the international break we've only got two more games in the month we play wolves this weekend an international break and then yep. we host aston villa and that's it so for this to happen yeah. with injuries and stuff if it was going to happen at any point and of course we all hoped it wouldn't happen ever this potentially is a good time um it's obviously the suspensions obviously the suspensions have no impact on that so a doggy will miss wolves he's got a one match ban romero is a three match ban um, yeah. So he will miss um, the the next two, which is uh, Wolves, Aston Villa, and then we'll miss Man City as well. That's, so big, the, likelihood- that's the big one, isn't it? Well, the likelihood is we're going to face Man City without our central defenders. So that's, yeah, that's brutal. But it's Man City, and we dick them every year, so it's fine. Yes. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he says, is he true. says, fully expecting to lose 6 0 this year. Because yeah. let's face it, Pep won the treble last year, and when asked what he wanted to achieve next, he was beat Tottenham. Yes. That I think that kind of shows where his head's at. <laughs> we are living Redford. I I yeah. kind of feel like there's a training center at Man City just with like a picture of Tottenham on the walls like every day you focus we will beat everybody else but them. Them this season. <laughs> um so yeah, that's a worry, but uh this is what it is. Uh we are where we are. But yeah, mate, that's all my notes. Was there anything else you want to uh, chat about before thing, we
1: finish? The only thing you mentioned um big Iron's post match yeah. He was asked by a journalist in the uh, post-match stuff and it was you went down to 10 men but you kept playing the same way, that was brave you went down to 9 <laughs> men and then you carried on playing the same way, why did you do it?
0: And his, re- his
1: response just made me fall in love with the man even more, he purely yeah. responded with, it's the way we play mate Yeah, and I was like, yes <laughs> yes yeah. it is Fuck yeah, it, we'll it, go down to six men. I don't care. Halfway line, fucking press. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's
0: so it. I that's, now
1: want. Um... I now want a baseball cap with just the way we play, mate. Uh, yeah, did, they
0: probably exist. <laughs> they they uh, they're probably already available somewhere. Um, that's just the way we play, mate. Um, okay. So, a uh, massive thank you for you for super subbing, stepping in. Thanks, mate. No worries. Um. Uh, do, who knows who will be here next week it's it's a, a mix and it's a mystery for all <laughs> um, but yes Spurs News Podcast will be back next week where we were discussing the Wolves game we will then take a break for the international break and obviously be back to then discuss the Villa game so massive thank you to everyone for continuing to listen I hope you've enjoyed the show this week um, despite the result I still feel very enthusiastic about all things Tottenham I hope everyone else does as well uh, but yeah until then everybody you all take care
1: on, you Spurs
0: thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast we hope that you enjoyed the show stay up to date with all things Tottenham follow us on social media all links are in the podcast description